Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Showcase Sundays today on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. And with the close of Sharon B's theme, I'm Jack Ward, and we're here for the sixth and final session for Saturday's MadCon Virtual 2021. We wrap up the day with best practices for recording, hosted by Jeffrey Billard, with panelists Lothar Tuppen, John Scott Valentine, and Tanya Malayevich. This is Mutual Presents. And, uh... Oh, here we go. Start that again. So, uh, welcome everybody. Welcome to the late shift. With I uh, can't think of any people I'd rather be on the late shift with than my two dear friends, uh, Tanya and Lothar, and my new soon-to-be friend John, uh, as well. But you know, going through today, um, we started out this morning with with gathering the team. So we talked about how you put together a team of people and actors. And, you know, whatever you need in, in ways that we did that. And then we went to identifying the field and we said, well, how do we do this? Do we do satellite? Do we do live? Do we do hybrid? Or are we doing it on Zoom? Got some great conversations there. Then we had talked about acting. Uh, Could have gone on on that for about five hours. And now last time, last session, Lothar, with you and, and the gang and uh, talking about gear and uh eating green apples and, uh, you know, to uh, all that. I, I was like, I didn't know any of that stuff. So it's fantastic. And now we're here for best practices for recording. So we're in that space between, you know, everyone's recorded their lines and now they're going to send them to you. And we haven't quite made it into post yet. So we're talking about that, that space in there. So for those of you that have been with us for two days and you're sick of seeing my face on here, uh, I'll just go real quick. And uh, let you know who I am. I'm Jeff Billard. I'm a retired theater professor, uh, mostly an actor and a director. And I've been doing uh, audio drama since the 80s uh, and uh, mostly as an actor, now director and producer. Uh, so I want to bring in my dear, dear friends. First, I'm going to start with Tanya. So Tanya, tell us a little bit about yourself. So sure. the audience knows, please. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, oh, and always. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so much fun being here. I, I love it. Um, I've been part of the audio drama community for about 10 years. Uh, generally, I did Braille production at the Perkins Library, still working there part-time, but now I am um, actually looking for new voice talent. So, hey, if you want to get your feet wet in that realm, um, I work for a company called Resemble AI. They're a Canadian startup, uh, tech startup, and they clone voices with ethics in mind, of course. So it's a royalties-based passive income stream. But anyhow, in terms of voice acting, I'm a voice actor, 
been involved in that for about 10 years. I just honestly started out like, like anyone else, uh, stumbled upon it and did everything that I could to kind of improve over time and make as many connections as possible. And um, I love the audio drama community. I have a podcast, Lightning Bolt Theater of the Mind, with my best friend, Josh Price, who also uh, is an excellent producer, voice actor, mm-hmm. writer, all of the above. And we've worked with Jeff and Jack and Lothar and Pete Lutz and every everybody. Uh, John Bell has also, you know, been gracious enough to help out. So it's super exciting um, to just to work with everybody in many different capacities. And uh, that's generally it. Um, yeah. Thank you. That's no fantastic. Problem. And now it's over to my amigo, brother Lothar, for a little. Yeah. I think I just uh, started about six months before Tanya did, or maybe around the same time. And it took that long for us to, for our paths to cross. So we kind of joined the world at the same time. I worked with a couple different production companies, including Broken Sea, um, uh, Electric Vicuna, done stuff for Tanya and Josh, uh, for everybody. Um, Got my own production company, The Ninth Tower, which I'll be ramping up more stuff with hopefully soon. Um, Yeah, just being all over the place, doing a lot of writing, acting, and producing. Yes, and, and expertly so. Is is John no longer with us? I he saw I saw him drop off. I'm gonna keep watching and okay, oh, he's back in. He's back in. I'm gonna make him promote to panelist. Okay. And I will just add while we're waiting for John to join us that uh, you know one of my most there proud moments in doing any kind of voice acting was uh, and I know the two of you probably feel the same was being one of Bill Holweg's um, audio, voice audio ninjas, that he used to call us. Oh, definitely. You know, you know and, and uh, I remember, Tanya, I think the first time I heard you was when we did, I, first time I, I was like, who is that? When you were in 2109 and you played the, you know, the Marine sergeant there. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And you're like, yes, I do. And I was like, oh, who's this? Bill's like, oh man, that's Tanya Malia. She's groovy, man. You know, and and so you know, and uh, Bill like, was, was so awesome in terms of just uh, giving you a chance to to have fun and just give it yeah. a shot, and and he just let you run with it. So I I love working with Bill. He, I mean, oh, was... <laughs> those were my early days when I first started with Broken yeah. Sea. So yeah. I, I yeah. loved it. I loved it. I had so much fun and. He introduced Josh and I to Dark Shadows, which that's one of our favorite shows from from the 60s. Um, Mine too. We got to go on a cruise, actually. Dark Shadows themed cruise. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so that was so much fun. Uh, I don't need to interrupt, but I can't seem to make John um, a co-host. John, can you hear us and can you speak? Can, are you can you guys to- can you guys hear me? Or yes, I, I know you can. Yeah, I can hear you now. Jack, for if some you can reason. Hear, uh, I'm having uh, I'm having video difficulties here. Well, okay. yeah, we we need to make you a co-host so you can share your video. And for some reason, that option isn't available to me, even though I'm a co-host. Jack, if you're around, if, if you we can, can get Jack in here to uh, be able to do that. But in the meantime, before we get you in, John, we can at least uh, hear you. Can you see us, John? I can, I can see you guys. Yeah. Okay. Good. So so you know what we all look like and what our names are. Uh, I'm Jeff, and I'm here with Tanya and Lothar. Uh, and we just introduced hey ourselves. Ah, welcome, welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. And we just introduced ourselves. Um, just told us our experience in, in acting and whatever radio drama, whatever we've been, we've done. So, 
can you take a minute and uh, let the audience know a little bit about you? Uh, yeah, I've, I've sort of been uh, sort of interested in the whole uh, audio storytelling thing probably since I, I first picked up a, a portable tape recorder, a cassette recorder, uh, many eons ago. And um, I just dabbled with that for years. And then uh, back in the old analog days and uh, in radio for several years. Um, and then I guess about 11 or 12 years ago, uh, I started dabbling with uh, with digital, uh, I guess Audacity was the first thing I picked up. And because I, I was going to convert some uh, some old cassette tape to a digital medium and uh, mm -hmm. just so I could put them on the hard drive. And I'm thinking, you know what, all these years I've wanted to do audio drama. Uh, in the digital world now, it's so easy to do it, to do multi-track uh, recordings and right. So uh, I started playing around with that and uh, sort of came up with this idea to do like a, a little horror anthology. And uh, that's kind of how uh, Campfire Radio Theater started about 10 years ago. Nice. Um, nice. And I've worked with a lot of folks. Uh, Tanya especially has done a lot of stuff for Campfire. And um, mm -hmm. I was watching the uh, actor's session earlier today with the uh, with John Bell and, and Joe Stofko and Tanya. And I was thinking, geez, uh, that's, that's quite a good uh, panel there of uh, experienced voice acting folks. So, uh, but yeah, that's kind of how it started for me. And um, it's, it's been a fun, it's been a fun 10 years. John, I think you might be able to start your video now if I did something right. Okay. Let's see. All right. Well, while we're there, you go. That's me. Hey, right on. Hi, John. Hey. Welcome. Welcome. Good to hey, see you. Nice to Good see you. Good to see you. So, one of the things we want to talk about is, and, and just I'll just reiterate it, is that space between somebody's essential lines and it's between that and post production, some best practices. Um, so, Lothar, what's, what's some of your best practices like naming structures or how do you formats or Stereo mono, and I know that'll change maybe with the with the um, you know with the type of show it is. But go ahead. Are, we're, so I think we're also trying to talk at this point about re, uh, people who are recording to send their stuff in. So what are they going to do to make it easier for the producer sending in? And uh, one of the big things is if the producer does not ask what sort of naming convention or doesn't already give you the naming convention to use, which is a nice thing to just include in your template of like, whenever I send off something to them, I cast here, I've got my standard thing. I can cut and paste. It has everything. So I don't have to remember to, you know, keep bringing it in. Right. Um, follow that. And if you don't get that from someone, ask them how they, you know, Hey, before I send you lines, is there a way you'd like me to name this? Yeah. And you know, that'll be it. So there's some really simple things like that. We can talk about more of the specifics later, like, um, if you're going to use numbering systems, use a zero one, not just a one, so that it, you know, numerically goes through properly. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, there's a lot in that question. Should we just talk maybe about files sure. first and move on to the sure. next thing? Sure, talk about files. Yeah, yeah, and then so listen to what the producer wants. If they want a wave file, send them a wave file. If they want a 256k MP3, give them that. Um, whatever it is, follow the producer's guidelines because that will make you. That's kind of like the submission guidelines to a magazine once upon a time when people sent their stories into magazines there'd be an editor if you didn't even hit those submission guidelines you were just going to be thrown away right to begin with because it's sort of like a test can you even work with us can you follow our instructions so that's one of the big ones is 
follow the producer's instructions. That's the first best practice. And if they don't give you something, ask them a question politely. John, how about you? Same question. When you now, it depends obviously how you do it. Do you, when you do campfire, do you, are you using a satellite format where people are sending in lines? Are you doing it live? Are you doing it? How, how do you guys do that? We do pretty much all of the above. Uh, okay. We do satellite, especially in the last year to two, year and a half because of the COVID mm. thing. It's kind of, yeah. You really kind of, uh, for satellite audio drama, it was, it was no better time for it, really, because, you know, people could isolate in their own studio environments or, you know, however they wanted to record. And it was just, and every show we did last year was basically a satellite show, whereas in the past, we might have people here at the sort of home studio that would come local voice actors, or we might go on location and do a field recording session, you know, with folks, you know, an old house, you know, just to, to get the atmosphere going. But um, I, I think, you know, primarily right now we do, we do satellite audio drama, uh, remote voice acting. And uh, as far as, you know, I, I don't ask a lot, you know, I mean, they can just put their name on the file or the character's name or, or whatever. Um, and it does just come down to whatever the producer wants. I, I'm not very picky uh, as long as I know who's, who's, who's done the voice work. Um, I, I, I don't really care uh, since I'll be doing the post-production anyway. Uh, right. Nine times out of 10, uh, it doesn't make much difference to me. Okay. How about you, Tanya? New lightning um, bolt. Yeah, so so for us, we generally we have the same kind of mindset as um, as John does in terms of just put the name of the episode, your name somewhere, and the name of the character. We don't care how you name it because ultimately we're going to take your track, we're going to splice and dice it, and save all the lines. Um, generally, what we do with with the scripts in the end is we'll number them according to you know consecutively number them from the previous person to the next to the next line and it will do the zero one zero two all of that yeah. kind of structure because then when you when you splice them and then you open all of the files bring them into your editing software it's like it's easy you know you you can't lose track of what line you're on because it's already been done and we don't want to burden the voice uh, the voice actors with having to remember okay i need to first of all i need to record this and name it by line which i i i used to um do stuff for pendant and i remember just being taken out of the moment by having to save each line separately so i i don't like there. to do that for others oh, i hate that yeah. I was um, I was on the receiving end of those. It was also a yeah. nightmare to produce. I'd rather get one whole scene or Me a whole too. episode in yeah. one file, not yeah. each individual take in a separate, you know, no. or each line in a separate thing. That was a nightmare. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't care for that. Um, you know, voice actors sending every single line in a separate file. And I, I appreciate that they felt like, you know, they needed to do that. I didn't ask for that. They just did it. And I'm, and I'm thinking, wow, this is a lot to, to go through here. It's just easier if yeah. one file or, or two files. For that matter, if they want to split it up. But yeah, uh, yeah that's that's a, a real hassle I have to go through. It's, it's, it's a pain to clean, uh, you know, and all of that. So when you go in, and I just, uh, because I have tried to uh, 
mirror everything that Bill Holweg and Lothar have done because I feel like they're my best teachers ever. Um, I pretty much do it. I, I, I pretty much just like took Lothar's letter and just put my name on it, you know, and, and uh, said, here, do this because Lothar said to do that. I don't understand half of the reasons why, but um, I'm going to go with it because I trust him implicitly. And, uh, but, but um, I find too that I do the same naming structure like you, Lothar. And then I, I find usually when I, because I use Audacity when I put it into post-production and it's over the side, I'll usually change it so it, it works for me, you know, that I can, I can, you know, I'll usually put Lothar, you know, Dr. So-and-so or whatever, Tanya, like that, so that when I'm moving lines around, um, I do that. But but I, I do think that that when you, do you guys, when you're doing a satellite recording, and this is kind of going back a little bit, but I'm curious, because um, it's best practices, do you, do you send out like an introductory letter you know, with, hey, this is what we're going to do, or do you have, like, maybe a, a Zoom meeting, you know, uh, uh, or DGAL to get on Skype, or is there anything like that to kind of, because part of this is building loyalty in your team and kind of building a team, and I know that that uh, with myself and Lothar and Tanya, and I'm going to guess with, with you guys, Sean, that we have kind of this core group of folks, right, who, you know, when I do a show, I I call Tanya, I call Lothar, I call Jack and so forth. And then we bring in other people, you know, as much as, you know, can. But um, so do you send out a letter? Do you have like a, a Google Hangout? I don't even know if they do that anymore. But, you know, all of that. So what do you what do? You do? John, what, what's some things that you might do to kind of build your team or, or kind of build some kind of a, a boundary so that everybody knows what they need to do, when they need to do it? Because I think all of us know that, you know, if you're supposed to have your lines in by August 15th and it's now August 27th and you're trying to get started, you know, and somebody just hasn't sent anything in or hasn't communicated with you, right, how much of a pain that can be. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, yeah. Um, having that sort of get together, I think, is an excellent idea. Uh, I don't normally do that, but I think that's a really excellent idea. Uh, I just finished like a script that we actually I contacted Tanya last week about maybe doing a part for for a script that, I, that I'm just sort of polishing right now. Um, but my process is kind of, uh, you know, I, I, I get into the casting process. I start looking at what voice actors I want. to, And I, I've, I started picking and choosing what what voice talent that I wanted to use because I, I used to do auditions and then I, I get I got to a point where I just didn't like to tell people, no, you didn't get the part. So I figure, you know, if I just pick and choose who I want, I don't have to do that anymore. But uh, I think organizing everybody early on is a great idea. Uh, I just, I haven't done that. And by and large, I just try to get everybody up to speed with, with character notes, uh, any questions they have, I say, Hey, you know, contact me anytime, you know, but I, I think if you could, if you could do a sort of a table read over Zoom with everybody, that's that's a wonderful idea. It's just a lot of times I don't even have the whole cast in place by the time I start sending out the first lines or, or the first scripts to, because I sent out a full script instead of just the characters' lines. I, I think it's a good idea. I do too. To be able to see 
what the other characters are saying to bounce off of because i mean that's important with satellite audio drama because otherwise you're just sort of functioning in a vacuum there but uh, right but i think yeah. that you know certainly organizing everybody is a great idea it's just unfortunately i'm not that organized uh, oh I, I understand that it's uh, and commenting on what you said about just sending the lines or what we call sides anyway in, in theater yeah. um is is uh especially like you said with satellite audio you know i mean shakespeare did it shakespeare did it because they couldn't afford to print things for everybody right but now it doesn't cost any extra right to send the whole script to somebody and and we talked Absolutely. during the acting um session about i talked about breaking down the script and you know knowing everything and so i think it's it's valuable for them to have the entire the entire script i'm glad i'm glad you said that tanya what do you guys do at lightning bolts do you, do you um, send out any letters or anything like that or good yeah yeah so we we like to you know once we kind of know who's who in the cast um for which roles we like to send emails uh just generally updating people on where we're at and thanking them for being part of the cast and then um you know, obviously, once the, the show is done, we, we want to send it to everyone to make them aware that it's done, where it can be found and everything and thanking mm -hmm. them for their participation. But we generally don't do like table reads or any of that. Um, we send it out. And then just like John was saying, we offer the option of if people have questions or want clarification on something, they're welcome to, to request that. And um, if we need to send reminders out about lines, like say maybe someone's got a lot going on, they need an extension, they can't get it to us by that certain date. That's, that's not a problem. We just appreciate the communication, you know, just to know kind of that, that something's come up and they need more time. And other than that, um, yeah, that's, that's generally a process. Uh, sometimes if we come up with a promo or something, we like to share it too, to get people excited. And maybe if they're okay with sharing information about it, spreading the word, that always helps too. So. Yeah. Those, those emails, those reminder emails, those of us who worked with Bill always remember those begging for lines emails. Begging for right? lines, amigo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> begging for lines, amigo. You know, the problem was we just talked to him yesterday, you know, and he, I'm begging for lines, you know, and, and it was uh, it was great. Lothar, how do you? I know how you handled it, but no, yeah, yeah maybe um, other people don't. So go ahead. Well, I, I do have a letter. I have a standard one, and that came in very early on from what was given to me when I was first starting acting. Going, I really like this. This is helpful to me. I obviously won't send that to you or to Tanya or to Jack right, yeah. or to Pete or to anybody else that I already know how they're going to do it, and they already know this stuff. I'm not going to talk down to them that way. But if it's someone who's new, uh, who's getting involved, and they're trying to do it, I want to give them as much help as possible and be as helpful as possible. Um, I don't do table reads and things like that just because again most of the actors that I know are satellite and it's also that legacy from that time period where everybody was just not doing it. It was complete isolation. Probably ties in a little bit with my script writing where I do put in more stage um, stage direction not so much in the stuff that we were talking about yesterday that's detrimental but to give more context that that conversation can do and if they want to talk I'll get on the horn with them absolutely. Um, if they don't they just want to churn it out because they're going to do it late at night or whatever. That's cool too. Um, yeah, I have an interesting story about working in isolation for, there was a guy named Rodrigo Godinho who uh, is a, uh, he owns Rumorg magazine and he then turned into Rumorg Media and he was going to make his first movie, horror movie. He got one of the Redgrave sisters to be a part of it. And he was surprised. And when she came on set for her one day that he could afford to do, she said it was because of the stage direction in the script. 
Really? He was an unknown film director. She saw it, knew this is what I can expect the final product to be. How many times have we heard interviews from actors like especially Terrence, Terrence Malick, notorious for actors saying, if I knew that that was going to be the final thing, I never would have been in your movie. That's the extreme of that. She went into this movie because she goes, I can see the final product that you're going to do. And I think this is quality. I will give you a shot. Nice. There's that nice balance to where I think if you put the right amount of stage direction in, the person reading the script can go, I can almost feel the movie around. I can feel the style and the aesthetics. That will help me then do my thing. And maybe I'll have some questions, but it's not a replacement for a table read and all that things, but it is a way if someone is in isolation to plug them a little bit more into the final vision so that they can play around with that a little bit more. Do you mind if I add to that, Lothar? Absolutely. Um, I, I just wanted to give you an example as well of... Um, uh, so Fool and Scholar Productions is, uh, they, they create the White Vault, Vast Horizon, um, mm -hmm. Liberty, yep. Vigilance, et cetera. They have so many shows. I don't know how they do it, but <laughs> they're really, really good about including direction of what the emotion should be in that moment. And so when you're sitting there and you're reading the script, you're like, okay, so so-and-so is professional to me, but I'm supposed to sound slightly hesitant or slightly apprehensive. Okay, I can totally imagine how this scene is folding out. Um, so like Loth to Lothar's point, I think that does give you a very good idea of how the scene's going to turn out and how that episode itself might sound, especially if you've heard uh, everyone's voices before and you've heard previous seasons, how they've come together. It becomes very organic uh, in terms of what, you know, you feel very confident when you're giving those takes of like, oh, okay, I know exactly what they want, but we didn't have a table read. Um, mm -hmm. Also, John, you're very good at this as well. And Lothar, you include emotions and Jeff. So, you know, all of you guys do this, but um, the, I was, I was going to mention that Fool and Scholar Productions does like, they include a lot of this emotion in their lines. And then they also uh, describe the scene, the scene in terms of the sound effects, kind of what that should, what right. that should be encompassing. So that's really good too. And then of course, then you'll encounter writers that don't give you as much direction. And that's just because their style is more, I want to see what the actors come up with. Let's see, you know, let's see how it, maybe I'll be surprised. And that's when you, you approach it from a satellite perspective as, oh, thank you. Um, you approach it as pretty much like, okay, so these, this is open to interpretation. I'm going to give them three wildly different takes and we'll see which one ends up in the final product. Cool. Yep. So it's, it's fun both ways, but yes, you're able to really see the, the final product if it's all kind of laid out for you in terms of a stage direction, mm -hmm. if you will. Yep. Fabulous. Thanks, Lothar. So how do you like to, um, we'll start with you, Lothar. Um, what format do you like to get the, um, actual recordings in so somebody's i've done a satellite recording i'm gonna send it to you and maybe also how do you do you email do you throw it into google drive or dropbox i know a, a lot of that is going to be a lot of that's going to be reliant a little bit on how the producer wants to receive it and also what their email capabilities are um right you know like uh, i have some people i work with that are on mac mail which doesn't have the gigabyte uh right. allowance that gmail does and other ones so it's um i think providing multiple uh, ways. It's like I have a Dropbox account. I have a Google, Google Drive account. Um, I used to have another like upload account that before Google Drive, it's like, why am I paying that extra money? I can just do Google Drive and send a link right. out. Um, 
multiple ways so that you can get it to the producer as easy as possible. And that's really got to come from the actor's point of view of what are your capabilities? What is your upload speed? How long is it going to take you to do it? Um, I, I just, as we talked about a little bit on the previous episode or the previous session, um, I want something higher resolution. So I want at least 256K MP3. If they can give me a wave, great. But if that's going to take them eight hours to upload because they're, you know, their Wi-Fi is so horrible, um, a 256K MP3 is acceptable. Um, if not, I'll say, gee, I'm really sorry, please send it to me again. And I'll know to put a note next time that you're always going to need to send it at a higher quality. Um, it's kind of a dance for me, at least. So would you prefer a wave over an MP3? Uh, for full-blown audio drama that I'm doing in like a massive soundscape, sort of rich Bill Holwig, every yeah. leaf of, uh, yeah, wave file. If it's you and I doing like Sonic Echo, or we're doing something that's an OTR recreation, 256K would be perfectly fine. Okay. How about you, John? Yeah, I, I think wave file is the way to go. Um, you know, it's kind of like you're going to be manipulating these files uh, in various ways, adding filters, compression, you know, all this kind of stuff digitally. So wave file, you have less, you're probably looking at less trouble there. Okay. Um, you know, if you got a voice actor who's having internet issues, like, you know, I was having earlier, but, uh, you know, if you're having problems uploading, you know, uh, maybe send it, you know, two different files, if you can still send wave, but yeah. I have taken MP3, but it needs to be a high quality MP3. Yeah. And you do know, you something really low yeah. bit rate. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, um, do they email, do you use Dropbox, Google Drive, or what's some of your best practices there? Yeah, well, I really like Google Drive, but I mean, some people send, I mean, I've got an old AOL address and it'll, you can send a pretty big file over that. Um, you know, was, yeah, Dropbox, SendSpace, anything that they, whatever's easiest for the voice actor, as far as I'm concerned, you know, whatever they use, I can, I can use it, you know. Doesn't make any difference to me. I know that when I got back into doing um, audio drama with Bill Holweg in the early 2000s, the first thing he told me was, okay, now you got to get a Gmail account. And, and so I got a Gmail account and he had a Gmail account. <laughs> and I find it very simple when everyone has Gmail accounts, you know what I mean? Just because it works. Because I like to use Google Drive um, as well. And, and I know that in the... Um, what I started doing in Google Drive is is making separate folders for everybody's to everybody to drop their separate lines into, and I gave them links to it. And so, like, both of I can just drop his, and I know right. I didn't have to go search for it. I knew Tanya's was right in Tanya's folder, and it was easy for me to get it out because sometimes I'll have folders all over the place because, um, you know, that's just kind of the way I work. You know, so it, anything I can do up front to make it easier for me. Um, I'll do that. I find for me, Google Drive is easier. And then if you have the Gmail account, you know, like when we do Sonic Echo and the, the you know, you've got an hour and a half of, of video, right? That we're, audio that we're sending, you know, and it just sends it as a, it just sends it as a Google Drive link, you know, when you email it. And it, I, think, I think it works, works, it works really well uh, for me. So um, for years, I was trying to get built to do Dropbox and he never would. So um, Tanya, how do you guys do it? 
Honestly, whatever is easier for the voice talent. Um, if they can get us the file in some way, then cool, awesome, we'll use it. Um, but we, <laughs> that said, we also really do prefer Wave just because it's a higher quality, it's uncompressed, and we can manipulate it in whatever way it needs to be manipulated. But if, again, if they have a slower connection, then as long as it's like 320 uh, MP3, uh, preferably mono. If it's stereo, that's fine. We can change it to mono. That's not hard to do at all in, in like a DAW. But um, yeah, we've we've suggested to people if it's Oh yeah, Mediafire is great. Um, but if they're sending it with like WeTransfer, that's fine. Uh, there's a new security feature now where you just have to enter a code. You get a verification email to your email address and you enter the code. It's super easy. I've done that myself, especially when I don't want to bog down my Dropbox. And you know, with um, sometimes you don't know when someone's going to download a file, so you don't want to delete it before they've downloaded it. But sometimes right. you run out of space. So yeah. that's, that's been the case uh, a lot and on my end where I send lines personally a lot through Dropbox, but also I've used Google Drive and WeTransfer. Mm -hmm. So WeTransfer is nice because, you know, it's not bogging up your space and it's right. there for seven days. They get a reminder um, on their end if they haven't downloaded it. So it's convenient. It kind of reminds them automatically to... Mm -hmm if you're sending it to a producer, but otherwise for myself too, if I haven't downloaded their lines, it sends me a reminder, Hey, you know, right. this link's going to expire. Uh, you should do this soon. And I've had people send it via Dropbox attachments. Um, obviously with Gmail, there's a limit of 20 megabytes. So that right. can limit pretty quick. Uh, you can send about maybe two minutes of audio and wave and that's about it, unfortunately. But um, SendSpace, I've definitely used that myself before. Unfortunately, as time goes on, I've noticed there are a lot of issues with viruses and with spyware and things uh, if it's the free account. So just to let you guys know in case you know anyone's concerned about that kind of thing, I've noticed that myself and I stay away from it more so, but uh, WeTransfer is a great option if you had to. And then Google Drive is, is simple. Um, if you save everything, you're, you know, you've set everything up correctly, you're good. So anything and everything, as long as we get the files, we're happy. <laughs> Let me ask you this. SendSpace is, what I, SendSpace is what I decided to drop off of because they, they had all sorts of problems. That was the one I couldn't remember the name of until you mentioned it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, you mentioned that you, you prefer it to be in mono. How come? Honestly, just because when we're I mean, because if people are using stereo mics, their voice might be offset slightly. And then in order for us to manipulate the panning, uh, let's say we wanted to move them more toward the middle or the left or slightly mm -hmm. left, what have you. It, it's, it's easier to manipulate a monophile because um, it, it, it just sounds, if, especially if you have a lot of characters in the space and you're, you're moving them around, it, it sounds sort of more compact and it's easier to follow when you're listening rather than if they send you a stereo file but then everybody else recorded in mono it it doesn't always sound quite the same uh balance wise so we will turn it into a mono track and then move them around the, the soundscape accordingly that's interesting do you guys have anything to add to the whole mono stereo thing Exactly what, exactly what Tanya said. Um, there's another thing where it's like if the stereo track is has that weird discrepancy that she was talking about, you can paste it into a mono track to eliminate that and then paste it back into a stereo track again. Yes. And now that's all 
dealt with. The other thing is that it's much easier to send a mono track than a stereo track for bit rate or for file size. And you can just paste that mono track into a stereo track. Now it's stereo. Yeah. Unless you're recording field recording like John does uh, really, really, really well. If Absolutely. you're doing field recording, then obviously you're recording in stereo to begin with. And you're going to be manipulating that according to how it's recorded in the first place. You're not going to be modifying anyone's positioning because that's, that's what you wanted it from the beginning. But mm -hmm. it's, all, it's all kind of intent where you're starting from. Anything to add to that, John, at all in terms of mono, stereo, field recording, or anything? No, I, I think I agree with everything uh, they both said. I mean, it it, it, it is a, a waste of space. You know, it's it's a it's a waste of uh, you know it's it's too it's a bigger file if you sit in a stereo. So there's no reason to sit in a stereo. Why bother? Um, if all of you got is a stereo mic, uh, then hey, go right ahead. But understand too that. Uh, you know, you, it's recording from two different capsules, so it's more likely to pick up your voice bouncing off the walls or whatever surface, you know, whatever room you're recording in. So, because that's that's the good thing about stereo, and that's the curse about stereo is it, you know, it picks up the environment you're in better than a mono uh, microphone will. So, you know, for most voice acting you're going to move that voice around in the stereo spectrum anyway when you do your your post-production. So, you know, you, all you need is a mono uh, source from your voice actors, generally speaking. But Jeff, going back to your discussion yeah. about improv, if you do want to do some fun improv with your friends and all of you are there together, then yeah, record it in stereo and have fun and see how it comes out because that might be your next Halloween special. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good point i like i like the, that. the converse of that is that um when you when we were all talking about like or you guys were talking about i was listening you, know, you move about and you're trying to get into the acting mode and you're doing this on a mono mic that's going to create less discrepancy than a stereo mic where you might get volume dips and things like that so if you want to be really active in front of your microphone a mic a mono is going to be a little bit friendlier to the post-producing post-production excuse me that's good to know because I didn't know any of that. So that's fantastic. Um, so one of the things that we were also interested in was uh, sometimes we have to ask for retakes from actors or sometimes um, what's the most, is there, is there a time when it seems like a circumstance that seems like to, that comes up a lot that we have to ask for retakes um, or how do you go about doing that as well, asking people for retakes? And uh, Tanya, how about you guys? Does it, do you ever do that, ask for retakes? Uh, we do. Honestly, we try to avoid it just because sometimes it takes uh, a while to get the retakes just because people are busy or maybe they don't see the email right away because it gets buried or what have you. But um, generally what will decide us on a, asking for a retake is if, either if the tone is really off, like where we have to specify, do you mind doing a slightly warmer tone on this line just so mm -hmm. we can fit it into the scene better? Or, you know, yep. we'll try to give an idea of, of what we're looking for without giving them, you know, obviously too, too much. Um, we don't want to be condescending to anybody either, obviously. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, um, either that circumstance or if they have right out, there's an audio issue with their setup or something where it pops or uh, there's a crackle or something that we, we can't use the line. 
will say there was this technical issue. So sorry about that, but would you mind retaking this line? Um, otherwise, if it's something, something else, if we can work around it, we will. So, you know, we try not to, not to ask for too, too many of them unless it's absolutely necessary. And then we'll give them, you know, a couple of like a week or something to get it back to us. Um, yeah. Same, same here. John, how about you? Oops, you guys ever handle retakes or don't did I cut you off? Oh, I was just going to say, or sometimes we add a scene somewhere or add a line oh. just because it makes sense in the story and we haven't picked up on it until, you know, putting it all together. And then we're like, you know what, it would make sense for this character to have this additional line. And then we'll say, do you mind doing this extra line? It makes a lot of sense in the context. And we're trying to clarify the listening experience. So um, that would be extremely helpful. And then we'll send them the scene so that they're aware of where that fits in. So we try to give as much information as we can without being condescending and just keep that, that nice balance of being <clears throat> respectful to them as well as giving them a clear idea of what we need at that point. Good. John, how about you? Retakes and things like that? Yeah, I mean, I, everything Tanya said there, I, I, would, I would go along with. We try really hard not to have to ask anybody to come back and, and re-record anything, but sometimes it is unavoidable and sometimes it, it is because you do think of something later on in the post-production oh wouldn't it be cool if we did this I mean I, I've had to ask a voice actor to to like hey you know how about humming this little tune in the background while you know this is going on you know while the other actor is talking you know just stuff like that um, yeah but uh occasionally you will have to ask somebody to yeah, the emotion wasn't quite right here. Mm -hmm. You need to try to, you know, be a little more emotional or maybe you need to pull it back a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I've had to do that. I don't like to do that, but I mean, you're trying to do the best. You want them to sound good, you know? Right. You don't want them to sound mm -hmm. bad. So it's for their benefit too. But, and I've never had, and to everyone's credit that's ever worked with me, they've all said, hey, no problem, you know? Mm -hmm. and voice actors will say when they send you the lines I, I think Tanya will always do this when she sends her lines hey if you need retakes just let me know it's not a problem and uh, they're willing to do it because they want they want they want the final product to sound good they want to sound good they want to show that you're working on to sound good so right. it's you know it's it's fabulous to have folks you know that are willing to do that I agree. And I, I agree with, with both your points of, you know, it's, it's all, all exactly in how you ask and how you go about it, you know, and, and without upsetting someone to, Hey, just, we just need a little different choice or something and like that. And Lothar, how about you? Um, yeah. First thing I'd like to say, best practice for uh, actors is yes, please end your emails with something friendly, like, Hey, please let me know if you need anything else, or let me know if you need any retakes or whatever. It's just a friendly way to say, Hey, I'm still willing to work with you on that sort of thing. Um, I think there's two levels of retakes and then there's that additional takes additional takes completely agree i completely agree that pretty much everything but there's nothing much more to say about additional takes of hey we've expanded it here's what we're doing your character's going to do something else keep the enthusiasm up and they'll give you those extra lines because they'll probably be still having a good time uh there's the retakes that are because of technical issues there's a bit of sound in there that they may not have noticed i can't do anything with it i'm really sorry could you please retake it there was a car there's a mariachi band in the background and you didn't notice please send it again um 
then there's the ones where they didn't give the right performance. But as we were talking about earlier on, if it's not truly a bad performance where it's stilted or, you know, so wooden that, you know, the, you know, right. scarecrows coming at you, but um, if it's a workable line to where it's a good delivery, but maybe not what you wanted, I'll try and work with it. Um, I don't want to have them do retakes. Sometimes that can make for really interesting, interesting takes. Like for example, Jeffrey and Tanya were just in um, a show that Jack wrote that um, I did the post-production for right, right number wrong party. There was a couple interactions in there that was not exactly what I was hearing. And I sat with it for a minute and I went through it. And I'm like, no, that's brilliant. That actually brings an extra emotion that I wasn't seeing. I can make this work. When you've got good actors that are doing things, even if it's not the take that you think that you wanted, maybe you can still work with it and maybe it can be actually be really good. And maybe you can then bring in some of the scout soundscape to maximize that. Or you need to ask for a retake. But I try and eliminate every need to do a retake before I ask them for it. I, I totally agree. I, I have very rarely asked for retakes at all. And, and that point that you made about right number wrong party there, uh, when we just did Johnny Dollar and uh, Tanya, when you played uh, you know, his, his wife there, when you sent me the lines, the first time I listened to him, I was kind of like, whoa because I wasn't expecting what you gave. And I was like, hmm. And then I kept listening to it. And I was like, oh, I love this take on this woman because in the original audio drama, which I wasn't, whenever, whenever I do the retakes for Sonic Summerstock, I mean, they're, you know, the remakes of old time radio. Um, I don't try to do, I try to reimagine it, you know, so it's, it's new and fresh and not just try to copy it. But, but the woman in the, the show, the actual show is, was one way and then you came in a completely different way. And at first I was like, but then I was like, oh, I absolutely love this. You know, and now that's when I hear that, because you know, that's what I hear is her voice, not the original woman who did it back in 1950, whatever. You know what I mean? So so I think you bring hey, up a good point. What's that? I never listened to the show because I, I was just like, let's see if I can interpret it. Um how I interpreted the role so I I didn't listen to it because I was worried I would just try to sound exactly the same and it it wouldn't be right for I don't know I I, it would be too much copycat ish but then Mm -hmm. I I, like I recorded it and I was like I have no idea if this is gonna work so let me know oh no it was oh I wouldn't no it's fantastic but it's to Lothar's point where it's like sometimes you get a line and you go hmm but then you let it sit and you come back to it and kind of listen to it again. And then you start going, you know what? That's really cool. And, and I'm, I agree with you. Sometimes I'll send the original out because some people want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I believe it or not, I, about 10, 12 years ago, I directed It's a Wonderful Life radio drama on stage. I have never seen It's a Wonderful Life ever in my whole life. Really? And yeah, no, I never, I'd never seen it. I seen clips here and there, but, um, and the assistant director was saying, you need to watch It's a Wonderful Life. And I said, no, I don't. Because I don't want to have Jimmy Stewart's voice in my mind. And I don't, you know what I mean? I don't want to have that. And I told the guy who was playing whatever Jimmy Stewart character's name is, you know, I said, don't go anywhere near Jimmy Stewart, please. You know, make it your own. And so I think, you know, I think that's important. But I very rarely ask for retakes. Um, the, the, um, the only thing I've had to send emails out and somebody had to do it with me recently too, was missing a line, you know, where I, I missed yeah. a line when I recorded something and 
you know, all of a sudden, and we just had it with Johnny Dollar in one case, and I was mixing it, and all of a sudden I went, oh, no, there's not a line. So, But, again, what I tried to do is I tried to say, okay, do I need that line? Can I just do this? And what I said, it was one of, you know, what I said is I, I need to have that line in there because it's there's something later on that comes back to that. So I asked the actor to do it and he was, he was very nice about doing it. Um, so there's, there's that too, but I think it's all in the way that you treat the actors. And, you know, I don't know about you, John, but, but uh, none of us pay our actors. So it's, uh, you know, it's people are doing yeah, it because they love it. the case with me as well. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so, you know, and, and even if you're paying them, you can still be nice. I, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to say that, but, you know, people yeah. are doing this because they love it. Go ahead. Oh, I yeah. want to say something. Yeah. Drop lines are another thing, and we all do it. Um, we all do it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just happens. It's going to happen when you work satellite. Uh, best thing is jump on it right away. I am so sorry. And you get it to them and you give them the best stuff. And you do it really quickly. You know, it's, it's yeah. something I want to do. There was a really funny one for that same show that I was talking about. John Bell was in it. And there was a line or two that wasn't in there. Not only did he get it to me quickly, he did it in character, making jokes. It was hilarious to listen to. It just made it fun. You know, it was like, we're still having a good time. There wasn't a mistake. It was just fun, you know. Yeah, there's a John John Bell did a, a part for me last. So funny, oh my did last year, and he 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 improv the line, and it was it was a very serious character, but he sort of did pan this this line that it just made it was funny, and it just comes out of nowhere, and I thought I got to keep that, you know, it it works with the character, so why not? And it, and maybe it'll get a nice little chuckle out of folks because you know sometimes if you're doing horror stuff or very serious drama you need that sort of break in it you know you don't want to take people out of it but it wants to feel you want it to feel like a real moment right but you need that sort of humor to kind of to kind of break things up and and john the master of that you know he's the he's the master did you want to add something tanya i saw you yeah, I, I just wanted to say that um, you never know what's going to end up in a blooper reel, too. If, you know, just for yes. fun, if the producer wants to either share it with Patreon supporters, fun, yeah. share it with, um, with the audience or even with just, you know, with the cast. It's always so much fun. You never know what's going to end up in a blooper reel or something that you're having fun, you know, with the scene. You never know kind of what line is going to end up in there if you're improving along the way. And, and it doesn't hurt to include all kinds of random reactions to what's going on yes. in the scene because it just yeah, adds realism yeah. yeah you're great at that and that brings okay. up the question that that you know when you when you ask the actor if you because we're all talking about satellite here and we usually ask for three takes three different takes of lines um i always love it and i love this about your lines tanya all the time is Tanya will do the three lines, three different takes, and then I'll get these kind of wild takes, you know, at the end with <laughs> with with these. And it was something like when you were um, when you did Johnny Dollar, there was a whole line where you were explaining something to Johnny Dollar about your husband and how he great he was like that. And you're talking about going on vacation. At the end, you just added in this. At the end, there's kind of a thing. He just said, you know, like that. And I, I heard that and I was like, this is brilliant. I got to put this in. This is so good. You know, and like you said, John, it just kind of makes it more real. And, and so do you like when you get your three, you no know, three takes or whatever you ask for when, 
the actor kind of goes off and maybe improvs a little bit or kind of adds a little more spice to it or says, hey, this is just kind of a wild take if you want to use it. Lothar, you're shaking your head. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I, I love yeah. it. And just like JD, JD is saying, you know, he takes, he asks for two clean lines and then, an, and then a, you know, ad lib or a wild line. Whether, mm. whatever your ratio is, I personally like three takes and then two to three crazy if you want or just ad libbing. Another thing is that if you're the writer and the producer, sometimes you're not aware of how maybe your dialogue is maybe getting a little stilted in a certain place sure. or isn't as clear, especially if you're going fast and you're not reading it out loud before the final send off and go, oh, that sentence just doesn't work. So I appreciate good actors that are able to then go, you know, I I'm giving you the line as you want, but it's really feeling clumsy. How about this? It's the same line, just slightly edited differently. That can be a great help of like, thank you for making me not look like an idiot by fixing my dialogue for me. <laughs> John, how do you feel about those kind of takes on the ends of? That's great. You know, I mean, it's it's not like uh, it's not like you you're recording stuff on 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 tape and uh, you, sure. you've only got yeah. limited amount. <laughs> you know, just go wild with it. And uh, you know, Tanya is a great example. Somebody who sort of goes above and beyond the call of giving you plenty of takes and plenty of things to work with. And oftentimes, you know, just. If she improvs something, I will be more apt to use that because it just, I don't know, it seems more real, it seems more, uh, I guess, in the moment. Um, so a lot of times, if, if it fits with what with the other takes and what else is going on in the story, then that's the, that's the way I'll, I'll go. And it, whether it's Tanya or, or, you know, someone like Jack Kincaid that does a lot of different, and he's done a lot of stuff for us. Uh, He'll do a lot of different variations and, and takes, and and he's just uh, it's wonderful to go through his stuff as well. Anybody that does that, I welcome that. It's it's great. I do too, and so I think I know the answer, Tanya, because you do it. But do you like there? Do you like it on the other end when your actors kind of give you those improv takes at the end, or or? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, I think it's um, great when they have fun with the role and they're not afraid to sort of give something else a try because it might make sense, make more sense than maybe what's written in the script. Uh -huh. And um, it it gives it more realism, I think, sometimes than because, you know, when you're writing the dialogue, you read it like like Lothar was saying, you read it quickly. You're like, oh, I think it's I think it's OK. And then you send it and someone gives you an improv. You're like, you know what, this this makes a lot more sense for this character. Um, the character is giving us some nonverbal reaction in the middle of this line. I didn't write that in there, but it sounds great. So let's do it. <laughs> so I love it as well. Uh, and, and also any reactions that you might feel compelled to do as you're reading the scene, please don't stop the recording. Just kind of let it roll, do the reactions. Yeah. We'll probably use them. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good yeah. point. Good. Uh, the nonverbal stuff is, is another good thing to talk about because yeah. and this is the form to do it, but but anything extra that the voice actor gives you can, can a lot of times, you know, nonverbal stuff, even if it's like a sigh or, right. or mm -hmm. you know, various expressions, you know, to keep, to keep while another character is talking or another voice actor is talking, just to add that layer of that stuff in there to keep the other performer present in the scene is I think very important with audio because you don't want to just cut from this voice actor talking and then you go to this voice actor talking. Um, it's great to have the other 
character sort of present at all times and just to be able to layer that in there. And a lot of times the extra stuff that a voice actor will contribute will will go into that, um, will, will contribute to that. That's a great point, John. There was actually a, an accident that happened where one of the actors sending in their lines as he was moving, he hit his head against something close to where he was recording and he went, damn it. And I was able to use that later on <laughs> in the show, clipped it out and it was like, that was perfect because he wasn't acting, he smacked his head and it hurt. It's a real it's a real <laughs> oh my God. And it was a perfect little additional, almost like little subtext that I could throw in there. And it was like, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Edict Zero, actually, Jack Kincaid, uh, speaking of, does that really well, too, in Edict Zero, where, where you know, I know some of us will, will be recording, we'll drink some water, or we'll go, <clears throat> you know, just clear our throat and then keep going. <laughs> and that ends up in the, in the show, in the show. <laughs> which is great. I mean, it's that's, that's great. Being, yeah. Do, do you ever run into times when you you're get you get the lines back and you've asked for, you know, kind of uh, when you talk about the nonverbal stuff or you talk you you ask me for crowd scenes or you ask for a wall or you ask me for whatever you know and you put it you know sometimes i'll highlight it i'll put a note you know please do these lines and and you know five times out of ten nobody does them and um you know so then you have to just kind of go did do you find that or is it just me when you have those kind of things lothar do you ever get that you're talking about walla specifically so like yeah just walla or like I, I don't ask for a lot scene. of those i, I personally i don't either but i don't sometimes I, in the old time radio this is a personal taste um a lot of people want people to throw in their own walla so that it sounds natural i personally don't like it as a listener and as a producer so i'm never going to be able to do that convincingly so i will go to places like free sound and get ambient noises of a bar that's, and bring that that's in what i do now too people yeah. fake being in a bar conversation or stuff like that if there's specific lines that are like protesters and they got to say jeff billard down with him um yeah. of course I'm gonna have that's to pretty say. normal but if yeah. It's, yeah but if it's just a if it's just people drinking at a bar or walking in a train station or something like that i'd rather go to ambient noise than actors but that's just me I think it's a personal thing. I do the same thing now. Yeah. With Johnny Dollar, I just, I got to went to free sound and I was able to get a bunch of clips and just put them together and make this big bar fight out of it. Um, so it was original, but it was all pre-recorded. John, anything on that? Do you do the same thing or, you yeah, know, with... it, it, it does just come down to like, if you have a specific thing that somebody needs to, to, to scream out or, you know, something of that nature, you know, and a lot of times I was just trying to do that myself or, you know, disguise my voice, uh, uh -huh. but, you know, it uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, just grab, you know, ambient stuff, uh, off of, uh, some of the sound effects sites, uh, that's usually the way I go, uh, it, you know, and it's nice to, you know, if you want to take a, a, a digital recorder to a bar or whatever and record your own stuff, that's, that's great, you know, uh, and, uh, but, but there's so much stuff online that you can find. You don't have to do that. Right. Yeah. Tanya, how about that? Do you have people yeah. do that do you, to go to free sound or wherever and get stuff? Or? We've definitely done both where, you know, we've, we've like pulled things from free sound from, uh, various libraries and even recorded things ourselves. Um, but sometimes we'll ask for it. Like, like all of you are saying, if it's a specific thing that has to be said that makes sense to the plot, we'll ask 
the characters, you know, the already folks that are <coughs> recording for the show to do it. Um, but we'll say, hey, if you could use a different tone or different sound than you're using for your original character, just because it doesn't make sense for your character to be involved in this particular crowd scene or what have you. Um, we'll try to ask people to do a, a different sound to their voice or a different accent or what have, whatever. So that works pretty well, but otherwise we might do something ourselves or, um, you know, maybe we'll cast somebody entirely separate who isn't already in the show to do those just so it doesn't sound too similar. Uh, it really depends on how important it is. Oh, that's great. And I would, I would uh, remind the folks who are listening, you know, we're going to, uh, we're happy to answer any questions. There's this great panel here who can answer all your questions. So you can use the Q and A feature here and uh, throw your questions in. And as we get them, cause we're getting out to about half an hour left now, a little less than that. So if you have some questions you want to throw in, go ahead, go ahead and do that. Um, other, other best practices that maybe we haven't talked about in terms of getting the lines from, from the actor to the producer or, or anything that just that we haven't said that comes to mind. Um, you know, um, go ahead, one John. thing I, I was thinking about was, uh, you know, it, it's a good idea for to, to state their name in a lot of cases. Um, you know, if your name's John Smith, maybe it's not as important, but you know, if you've got an, a, a name that that people mangle occasionally, you might want to state your name. I, I agree. You know, really at good the point. beginning of the recording. Uh, that That's a good idea because, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, screw up somebody's name in the credits. Um, Tanya and I have no experience with that whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was going to say, uh, no, everybody knows Tanya's last name. I, I've said Tanya's last name probably three or four different ways in our, in our shows, and uh, fortunately, she's coming back. <laughs> I, I love I love it because it's a creative uh, new new way that I hear sometimes of the pronunciation. I'm like, that's cool. If only my name was pronounced that way, <laughs> that'd be great. I mean, well, I'm just gonna I, tell you, but yeah, you know, uh, call me Ballantine. You know, Ballantine. <laughs> you know. It, Either way, as long as they call me, I guess. But um, <laughs> but, but it is really helpful to the producer to get the voice, especially like nor fairly normal names, but ones with diphthongs. Yeah. Uh, in one region, it could be pronounced one way and another region another. Help the producer out. It'll make use your name be pronounced properly and they know how to pronounce your name now. Well, you certainly don't want to pronounce someone's name wrong in the credits. And, you know, that's yeah. that's that's bad form. But Tanya, I have to say this. Nobody could say your name the way that Bill Holway could say your name. <laughs> you know, with just that, you know, that Tanya Malayo, you know, it was like, you know, it was, uh, it was, I always, I always enjoyed that. Um, yeah, me but, too. But yeah, yeah, it was to listen to that and, and uh, it's fun. Just other, other best practices, just to kind of throw it out, just anything that hasn't been said yet that you thought as, as a producer, you say, gosh, I wish I could tell the actors this or anything. I'm just kind of, as we, as we head towards the end here, uh, I mean, we got more to talk about, but I always like to give people the chance to, you know, say something that they want to say that uh, I haven't asked specifically for anything else. Uh, don't be afraid um, of asking questions. Okay. If you don't know something, just 
hand it off. You don't have to like bombard them with emails every day and get over overblown with it. But at the same time, don't be afraid to say, I really don't know. And I want to do this right. Just send off an email for clarification. It doesn't mean that you're inexperienced or stupid, or we're going to think bad of you. It's like actually great. Yeah, please. Or maybe I'll remember to put that in my big bulk email, because if I get more than one person asking it, other people got that question too. Um, communication seems to be the big takeaway from this panel. I agree. And I, I think, and I'm sure that you guys do, I know you do, because I've gotten scripts from you. You know, if there's a word that I think people will, you know, go either way on, I always try to put the phonetic, you know, pronunciation in the script so that this is the way we're going to pronounce it. Just saves a lot of a lot of hassle. That's the best practice on our end to help out you. <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah, pronunciation yeah. guides, and we're audio. Yeah. You can do an audio pronunciation guide so oh, that there's like no ambiguity with the yeah. phonetic spelling. Yeah, right, and especially if you're doing something like Shakespeare, and you know, there's different ways people pronounce those names in Shakespeare. You know, to I know when we did it, I sent out a whole Shakespeare name pronunciation guide the way that we, so we were all doing the same thing. You know, we were all saying it the same way. And um, so I, I think that that's that's a good point. But yeah, ask the questions and, and you know, send the emails. When I'm doing a show, you send me as many emails as you want because I'd rather have you ask the question and I can I can answer it. I'm pretty good at getting right back to you. So um, and Bill Chessman has an excellent question in the Q&A. Oh, good. Thank you. Let's look at it. Um, oh, he says, uh, this is from Bill Chessman. He says it's a self-serving question. So uh, he says, since I write, direct, produce, record, mix, and edit my own stuff, I don't have time to do the acting stuff. To that end, I'd love to be able to work with any of you. So I'm wondering what steps I should take to possibly get involved. Who can I contact? Is there a central place where a lot of this kind of contact takes place? What a fantastic question. Tanya, why don't you start us off? Because there's, I don't think there's a group that's more welcoming than Lightning Bolt. Sure, yeah, we, we love collaboration and we welcome anyone and everyone who wants to be part of our shows because you know it's not gonna end anytime soon. We wanna be doing this for a long time because it's a labor of love. And if you want to contact us, I'm gonna go ahead and put the um, link to the podcast as well as my email in here and you're welcome to send me an email uh, anytime. If you need voices, we're happy to help you. We're happy to point you in the direction of other actors. Also the Audio Drama Hub is a great place on Facebook to kind of blend, uh, to join in if you love Facebook and you wanted to be in a group of podcasters uh, who also produce this stuff. That's a huge community there. Audio Drama Auditions is a great place on Facebook to post your auditions too. So I'll go ahead and drop the links in here and let you guys kind of add, add to that as well. Great. John, how do people get in touch with you or do you take, you know, people who are soliciting and want to be in your shows because they're great shows? Yeah. Um, we, uh, you know, we're, we've got a, a pretty good size uh, following on Facebook. Uh, the, uh, you know, you can message me there uh, to the Facebook group or just the, uh, the regular Facebook page for Campfire Radio Theater. Um, you know, we're mainly looking for, for voice talent, uh, we, which, I mean, we've got plenty of folks already. we got a pretty good stable of folks to turn to, but, you know, we're always, uh, usually once a year, twice a year, we, we stumble onto new people that we haven't heard, and uh, they sort of become a part of the crew, and we'll ask them back 
other episodes. But um, and uh, for folks interested in doing sound design or uh, that that kind of thing, we're, we're always looking for for new folks to come aboard and help out with that kind of thing. But uh, you know, I was thinking uh, back in the old days, uh, it was the audio drama uh, forum. Audio drama talk. Great. Audio drama talk. Yeah. That's, Thank you, Jack. That's where yeah. that's where I really started out and met a lot of folks. Uh, back in the day, we were talking about Bill. Of course, he was a big part of the of the forum. He was always there. Yeah. He was he was always there, and you could always uh, count on words of encouragement when you would come out with a new show or uh, or just looking for something else to listen to. But that was a great place back in the day. I think all of that has kind of moved to. To social media to a large extent and and as time the audio drama hub is a great place um to uh, and twitter you know there's spots on twitter i guess you can but um yep you know. there's a lot on twitter um there's a whole audio twitter va twitter vo twitter and um tons and tons of people there um so that's that's a great source too but but just as a quick aside, I, I love those old audio drama talk days and, and um, oh, yeah. you know, and just because Bill commented on everything, you know, and because and he was so great. And what got me back into audio drama, and I've told, I know the Lothar knows this story real quick. Um, I had listened to, um, I'd done audio drama before and then I was into mostly stage stuff and I hadn't done it. And then I was getting another degree, so I wasn't working on stage. So I said, I, I want to do something. But I was listening, I just found Jake Sampson from Broken Sea. And I listened to one of their, their first Jake Sampson. I absolutely loved it. So I just went to the Broken Sea um, website and I just typed in, hey, I, you know, this note to anybody, you know, I love this. This was amazing. And I can't wait to hear the next thing. And then this guy named Bill Holway just wrote back to me and said, hey, thanks, man. You know, it's groovy you said that. And then, I wrote back and he wrote back and then we became best friends and, and, you know, it was, so that it all happened just because of that one thing. So you never know, you know, you, you never know. And, and, um, and uh, you know, through it that, really it was a terrific uh, resource. Yeah, it was great. It was yeah. fantastic. Um, Lothar saying, you know, anything to add to that? Like how can people contact you? What do you, you know, casting wise? Um, the, 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 uh, yeah, right now um, I'm off so social media. The best way to contact me is through the Mutual Audio Network. Jack will uh, put me in contact with you if you want um, anything. I will probably be making a website and something new, but I am not on social media. I hate it. I work in the Silicon Valley in IT, so I have no social media accounts except for a Instagram account that I never do anything with. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and same with me. I'm only on Twitter, but um, you know, you can email me and say, hey, I'd love to be in a show and, and we'll, we'll get you in one. It's, it's really that it's really that simple. You know, it's just um, because, you know, although, as I said, we always, we, you know, the go to people I always go to, you know, I call Lothar, Jack, Tanya, you know, like that. But there's always other parts where we try to bring other people in because we want to add new voices, especially diverse voices, you know, and 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 and. Uh, you know, make it happen. So if, if you're interested in doing some audio drama, get in touch with any of us. And, you know, when something comes up, you know, I'm sure that we'll, we'll get to you like that. So uh, I do want to leave a few minutes because we had about 15 minutes left. I do want to leave a few minutes to wrap up the day and uh, talk about tomorrow. But 
if there's um, anything just on your on our way out the door that you just want to leave the folks with on our topic today, which was best practices of recording and, and communicating and all of that. So if there's, let me start with you, Tanya, just anything to kind of sure. put a bow on things for you. Um, yeah, so I have a couple things. Uh, number one would be try to keep your mic positioning rel relatively consistent when you're recording, especially if maybe you're recording on multiple different days. If you if the scenes are taking place, you know, in in a similar context, maybe it's it's the same environment, the same day, uh, the same type of emotion for the character. If you are recording on another day, just try to listen back to the previous recording you made and try to match it as much as you can. Yeah. Just because then the tone uh, when we post produce the the episode will sound more consistent. But then again, if it's a different tone, different day, whatever it is, a different timeline, it's okay to change up your tone or your pacing. That makes sense, you know, of course. Uh, but if you could keep a similar mic positioning to when you started recording in post, it's going to sound a lot more natural and uh, flow better. And then the other point I wanted to make was don't be afraid to improv. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Throw in your little you know, two cents into the performance, because ultimately, as we were saying before in the voice acting session, really, you are acting, um, you are putting yourself in a role, but at the same time, you're bringing your own life experience and yourself into it. So don't be afraid to be yourself because you wouldn't have been cast for that role if we didn't think that, that you were right for it. So have fun and don't, don't be afraid to let us know if you have questions, concerns, or thoughts on the character or if you wanted to do a little uh, side monologue for that character, if it's helping you prepare, do it, record it. You never know. We might include it in a promo or after the credits or something to add some more fun for the audience because that really brings that beautiful collaboration to the whole piece where you are collaborating with us. We're putting the puzzle pieces together and it's, it's just an example of teamwork in its in its uh, best form and the show is going to be all the better for it. I, I think that's a great idea. And I also, I don't want to leave out, I don't want to just talk about acting. I think that if somebody says, Hey, I, I like to compose music. I'd love to compose some music for an audio yeah. drama. I think any one of us would go, Oh yes, please. You know, <laughs> exactly. or, or, or right. Or, or somebody yeah. says, I really into sound effects. I want to make sound effects. I want to, I think we'd all go, yes, please come join us. Or, or anything, or, you know, or if somebody wants to, uh, you know, learn post-production or learn whatever, right? You know, I'm sure that, you know, I know that I've said this a million times this weekend, but, you know, without Lothar and Bill Holweg, I, I you know, I'd be like, huh? and, you know, because I used to, you know, go to Bill and now I go to Lothar with all those questions. And so if you want to be a, um, you know, learn post-production or you want to, and again, the best thing to do is, you know, I, I use Audacity, Lothar, I know you use Audacity. Right. I, I enjoy it. I like it. I think it's gotten so much better over the years, like you said in the last session. Um, it's not hard to use. It's, it's easy to use. And, you know, just download it. It's free. And then just like Tanya, you said, just record something and throw it in there and start playing with it. Right. And, and you know, it's I think I think, you know, for me, the best way to learn is playing with it. But there's lots of good YouTube videos and things like that, too. So. Uh, just just jump in and do it. I think that's what I would say. John, anything to just kind of 
that hasn't been said yet that you just want to throw in at the at the end for people that you think would be helpful? Uh, I think just looking at it from a producer standpoint, I was thinking about uh, you know just trying to give the with remote voice acting. I think it's important to give the actors notes and and send them you know basically some some general guidance for how to how to you know what. What direction to go in, and I think there's, you know, usually I'll send a paragraph or two, or maybe a page, depending on how big the character is. Uh, if it's a major character, if it's a supporting character, you know, you're gonna get less notes probably. But um, I think it's important not to give them too much, you know, information. You kind of just want to, I guess, sort of point them in the right direction and let them do their thing. Um, uh, I think that's important, you know, with voice actors, you know, you just, you, you know, you've, you brought them on for a reason, uh, you know, uh, you've cast them in that part because you think they're a good fit and you want, and you want them to be able to sort of do their thing without managing uh, every aspect of the, of the performance. So I, I, I don't know if anybody's talked very much about character notes. I, I don't, I don't even know if this is the panel really to talk about it, but I do think it's important remote because you're not there as a director to just sit there and say, you know, hey, try this line or try that line. And you don't want to have to sit there and do, you know, multiple retakes, uh, ask an actor who's, who's doing this for free, who's doing it on a voluntary basis, have to come back and keep doing, you know, the same thing over and over again. Uh, so I think it's important to be sort of detailed, have a firm idea of what, what direction you want that character to go in without being overly detailed to the to a point where the actor can't sort of breathe and, and do their own thing. Good, that's that's excellent. Yep. Lothar. Um, in addition, I mean really great points. Absolutely, you know, agree with everything that's been said. Uh, I would recommend playing. Remember that this is fun. In the yep. same way an artist will doodle and sometimes an audio post-production will just like do weird experiments to see what's going on. Do the same thing with your voice. You don't need to send it to anybody. Just record yourself doing things. See what sort of voices you can do. Where is your range? Where, where do you feel comfortable and not? Doodle on your own so that you get more comfortable with where you want to push things and, and have fun with it. And, you know, do silly voices, uh, try different things in your room, find out where that echo is, where it isn't. Just really play around with it and get a really good feel for where you're at. Um, yeah. And I think that it's come up a few times, you know, uh, and I think, Tanya, you said it, um, and I know Bob Arnold said it earlier, too, that, you know, if you're interested in doing something, you want to do something on your own, and you um, do something small, right? Mm -hmm. Just do something really short, you know, throw in a few sound mm -hmm. effects, throw in a little music. It doesn't have to go anywhere, but it gets good and finish it, and it's going to give you the kind of, all right, I did this, you know, and, and it may be three minutes long or something. You know, but um, just 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 do it. Just get in there and do it, and don't wait till you feel like you're ready. Just get in there and do it. And and um, you know, I, I think that that's that's a great way to do it. So I'm gonna just double check that we don't have any more questions, and we don't. So let me just leave before I kind of sum up. I, I, I have one oh, more best practice. Please, please, please. When making a whiskey sour, use real lemon juice, simple okay. syrup, and maybe an egg white. Don't use a pre-made mix. It's lazy and it shows a lack of integrity. I mean, how can it get any better than that? 
you know, it was, it was great. I mean, you know, next time I come to your house, I'm, you can make, I'm getting you drunk day one, brother. I, I know I'm, I'm coming too. I'm coming. I, you know, we live about as far away as you can. I live out on Cape Cod. I live out on the sandbar here on Cape Cod. He lives out in San Francisco at Bay Area. But uh, I'm coming like that. Hey, so The, the, the Tiki Bar on the ninth floor of the Mutual Audio Network building yes. is open all night long. Yeah. Come on by anytime. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm there. I'm there because I'm on the third floor, I think. I think I moved because I was too scary up on the 13th floor or wherever I was before. Um, like that. But um, real quick. What are you guys working on? Tanya, what are you working on right now that you can let people um, know? Sure. Uh, just real quick, though, I just wanted to add to the previous and, and say that oh, yeah, um, please. What's, yeah. what's the frequency actually is a, an example of a show that takes this to, to a level of experimentation where the um, Alexander Danner does a lot of experimentation with sound and manipulates your lines. Like you have no idea how, how it's going to end up sounding in the episode. And that's part of the excitement when you're recording for it. Um, they do a lot of different kind of slow down the audio and maybe include with, you know, include that with other things going on in the next scene, or maybe they'll, they'll include multiple things. So you never know how it's going to come out in the end, but that's an example of the sound uh, producer, you know, playing with the audio and just creating a masterpiece of, all different lines and sounds in different places as the scenes shift and change from one another, um, creating a surreal kind of experience of sound. So, so that's a lot of fun. And don't be afraid to do that as an actor too, because mm -hmm. uh, why not? Uh, and then what am I working on? So currently I'm, we're producing for Lightning Bolt a couple of different series, a fantasy series called Altered Avalon, where we're reposting it and kind of adding to it. And then also um, we are producing a couple of one show that's called Cube Mentality that's actually been on the back burner for a while. We're finally getting back to it. It's just an improv piece that we're adding bits and pieces to and uh, it's, it's going to be more of a, a scary piece. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, so just trying to get all of our projects that have been sitting on the back burner there for a while because life gets in the way sometimes trying to get them accomplished, you know, out there and give the, finally the recognition to all of the, the voice talent that, and, and all of the folks that have been generous to record, even though that's been sitting there for a while, it's, it's about time to see the light of day in terms of being posted to the website. So a lot of that kind of stuff. And then in terms of voice acting, I'm, recording a lot of audio description uh, lately for different tracks and things, which is like a track that explains what's going on in a film or a series uh, mm -hmm. for blind and visually impaired audiences. So more of that kind of work, but then um, working on Wordtastic, which is amazing, so much fun show. And the kids are just beautiful performances and it's addictive. It makes me laugh and I love it. So I recommend it to anybody uh, that is looking to listen to something new with their kids. Um, That's great. great family friend, friendly uh, show and Edict Zero, we're recording some more for that. Um, and the list goes on. So it's, it's, it's so much fun and I can't wait to get involved in more uh, as time goes on. Yeah, it's interesting to say that because Josh, Josh just, I talked to Josh on the phone the other day, Josh Price, and he asked me if I would record some of that. I think the same thing you talked about for the blind community. Mm -hmm. um audio description yeah, so, tracks yeah yeah i was so i was uh, i said oh for sure 
I'm happy to awesome. do that. So he's gonna, yeah. So he's gonna send me the script. I, I can't wait to do it because I think it's such a Thanks, great, a great thing. Oh, it's, you know, anytime. I'm happy to do that. Um, and just real quick, do you have anything coming up that you have any? I'm gonna put you on the spot. Any open roles for that people can contact you and you can just say yes or no. Oh, I absolutely, mean, always. Oh, okay. Please, please so, contact me. The more, the better. <laughs> Tanya contact her you'll love working with her john same thing what's coming up for you do you have anything that anybody might be interested in playing there or, and what's happening with you guys over at campfire uh well this actually is our 10th 10th year uh we released our actually released our first episode on archive.org <laughs> about 10 years ago Did you really uh, this yeah. month and uh it, it was before i even had to create a, a you know uh, rss feed so um mm -hmm. You know, we released our first two episodes, I think, through Moonlight Audio, was sort of our distribution uh, of our first two episodes. And uh, so that's kind of a big deal. I, I was hoping to have a new episode ready this month, but uh, we've had a lot of things going on between work and family and uh, some home repairs. So I've been pretty busy with that. But we, I, I just finished a, a new script that... Uh, that we're going to probably cast, start casting next week and uh, bring in some folks, which will probably be an October episode. I mean, uh, so well, and maybe we'll get, you know, another show out this year, maybe one or two shows out this year. We'll just have to wait and see. Fantastic. Thank you. Lothar. I uh, got a couple shows coming out. She will prowl the promised land and which Tanya is one of the main characters in is finally going to come out soon. And, um, working on a, a transcontinental terror. I would love to have more people um, contact any or all of us because we always need new, uh, new voice talent. Otherwise we got nothing oh, yeah. going on. And, right. um, but I, I don't have any current open roles, but please uh, send it in anyway and we'll keep you in mind. Yeah, get on the list, you know, contact all of us and we'll put you in there. And, and uh, you know, we'd love to have everybody join in. I think we all have that same philosophy, it seems. Yeah you know, from talking, come join us, come play, you know, come play with us. And uh, we'd love to do that. So, you know, um, so yesterday we talked about writing and today we talked about, you know, the recording and technical stuff and acting. And tomorrow we're going to talk about post-production. You know, I, I was kind of in almost everything today. Tomorrow I'm in, I think next to nothing because tomorrow I just got to learn all this stuff that I don't know. Um, you know, so I can't wait. So I hope everybody comes back. Uh, tomorrow morning at 10 Eastern Central Time to start up to start off the morning. And I think Tanya, you're with me, and maybe Lothar in the morning to uh, um, start. It it's going to be. Uh, let me take a look at my notes here. It's going to be Tanya, Jeff Billard, Michael Berganzi, and myself. It's yes. Yeah. It's seven o'clock in the morning. Right there. o'clock Eastern. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to that. So, and yep. then we'll go all the way to tomorrow, and we'll wrap up the conference. So I hope everyone's had a great time. I want to really thank Tanya and Lothar, my dear, dear friends. And I want to thank John, my new friend, uh, for uh, joining us today and giving us all this information. I hope that people out there enjoyed this. And uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, that's going to end the con for today. MadCon so 3 coming up tomorrow. We'll, we'll see you tomorrow morning. All right, thanks, guys. Thank Bye, everyone. Thanks. Now, you seem to me to be a connoisseur of the best of radio drama. 
In which case, make sure you're subscribed to the Monday Matinee Feed. There we have our weekly series of dramatic, theatrical, classic, eclectic and live radio drama. So yeah, either the main Mutual Audio Network feed for all types and genres of audio drama or the Monday Matinee. And we'll see you there. The Mutual Audio Drama Network, where we listen and imagine together.